0: Welcome back to Cash Grad Cinema. We're coming to you live from my living room.
1: I, I don't think you understand what live is.
0: Why must you contradict everything I say? <laughs> Anyways, I'm Ra- I'm Rachel.
1: <laughs> hey, Rachel.
0: Yeah, I'm Josh and Rachel now. I'm taking up both positions. Oh,
1: it's one of those really cute portmanteaus. I love those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rachel. This is Josh. Trey still is not with us. But through the power of technology, he will be next time when we will be releasing a brand new episode. This is a re-release, so if you want to skip ahead, we understand. We did have a new episode in the works for you, but tragedy. Tragedy yeah. struck. Oh, yeah. Again.
1: Again. This is the second time
0: yeah. that we've This to- re-release episode, Ridiculous 6, is also a tragic loss. Of a previous episode.
1: Yep. This is the silver medal for what was going to be. We watched the film Volcano. And we had a great episode. Mm-hmm. And something went wrong with the computer and we and, lost it.
0: And this happened again. You were going to get a amazing, amazing episode. Let me paint you a word picture. <laughs> so you're trapped <laughs> in a weird alternate reality. Where the world has been overrun with some kind of pandemic if you will i'll give you a moment to uh get that straight in your mind
1: it's hard to picture something like that Mm -hmm,
0: Mm. mm -hmm. Uh. okay well now picture that you have a new podcast episode in the can an episode about a very real chevrolet employee training video from the 1970s called selling cars to
1: women yeah yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I, I will just pop in real quick with a correction. It's Chrysler. Oh, thank not, you. Not Chevy. Let's be fair to Chevrolet. Uh, they they got Joe Cocker <laughs> to sing their commercials. I think they're legit.
0: Well, just have all that have all that in your mind, and then picture that the audio file was corrupted. Yeah. I'm sorry. I need a minute, Josh.
1: So we uh, we took the computer out back and uh, buried it. Said some words. Um, and so now, like Rachel said, we, we have a new technology that we're going to be using. We, uh, we have a couple of cans and a string. And we're going to be uh, stretching it between ours and Trey's house.
0: Honestly, I feel better about that. <laughs> it's not often while recording an episode I think, yeah, this episode's going to be fire. You know, because I'm not cool anymore and I say things like that. But this episode with Trey was amazing. It was great. I even got Josh and Trey to sing impromptu jingles for chrysler josh maybe maybe go ahead make up another one right now for me that'll help me feel better
1: honestly no i I seriously can't but you know it just goes to show the the heavy weight of loss that it's very real (laughs) not to take it too, but i mean you know you have some great moments like that and you think oh shit that's gonna be great
0: well not just that but like when you're genuinely living in a pandemic And all this crazy nonsense is happening. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to get my friend together. And we're going to do this thing we used to do when life was normal. And then the universe comes around and just kicks you in the dick.
1: It could have been the last sort of like living memory of cash grab cinema. You know what I mean? It would have shown up in in one of those out of the the few survivors from the pandemic. Like there's a museum. Yeah, Yeah, like, but, this was... but
0: this version is a more accurate version of Cash Grab Cinema. Those people just can't get their shit together. I'll be linking the video of the selling cars to women on all of our social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Cash Grab Cinema. I beg you, go watch this video.
1: Yeah, people need to see it.
0: That Chrysler clearly paid a lot of money for before watching it i want to say that it was both wildly progressive and the most offensive thing i've ever seen it managed to be both at the same time
1: and the fact that they spent a lot of money on it that's my only questionable bit <laughs> <There's>...
0: <laughs> and it doesn't have a lot of views it's on youtube again i'm gonna put that link everywhere click that link go watch this because i have a feeling once they realize it's out there they will be copyrighted like striking it left right and center like burn it down burn it down don't let maybe people not. know maybe they're, this. i
1: don't know because the the channel that put it out they seem like a fairly legit outfit where you know they post a lot of like instructional old films from the uh, true 70s, but this so maybe video has, does
0: not have a, no they didn't <laughs> they just find them they like must go to like auctions and buy them for a dollar because nobody wants that yeah maybe not the rights maybe yeah. a copy of it yeah, yeah. exactly so go check it out before it gets taken down. It's uh, it's a ride. It's it's something.
1: It and, it, and it's short and sweet. Eleven it is, minutes.
0: It is eleven minutes. It was really amazing. Maybe we'll heal enough from that to do it again, but I don't know. Uh, anyways, it seems uh, like
1: once you do it, you know what I mean. Like because we thought about catch redoing that it you again. Can't, it, we we had the same conversation with volcano exactly, and then eventually. We landed on what was DC one of the E-Listries. worst, one of the worst movies we ever saw.
0: Yeah. Now enjoy the re-release when the same thing happened to us before. And we learned no damn lesson and still use the same setup that we lost this episode with. <laughs> we'll be back soon with a new episode. Until then, stay safe. Don't drink any disinfectant. Check on yourself. Make sure you're okay in this weird, strange time. Welcome back to Cash Grab Cinemas. Our hearts have healed. And our minds are ready to move on. Volcano corruption be damned.
1: Uh, which is pain. It's painful in two ways. Because on the one hand, we put all that work into recording that podcast. Right. And I've on the never, other
0: hand... I've never been in a recording and be like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. It's always like, oh, this is going to be terrible. But I still <laughs> spend like time to watch the movie, time to record it. And when that file was corrupt, I had already cut... 30 minutes of that podcast i just wanted to flip up the board at that point
1: yeah what i was gonna say is that yeah the the, the other part that's terrible is that we had to sit through the movie we had to watch it again
0: that's i mean painful. okay well recap super fast volcano cash grab and eh, don cheetle still fine oh man he could do anything yeah he could do anything where's that where's that captain planet
1: remake everybody
0: you want don Cheadle? yes as captain planet yes
1: It was was a role he was born to play. The role of a lifetime.
0: So Josh has been complaining because most podcasts we listen to have intro music and we don't have intro music, but we don't have fancy intro music money. No, we don't. Oh God, he's getting a ukulele out.
1: Talk about a kind of crappy movie. Yeah, we're gonna analyze and get it straight. It's Josh and Rachel. Yeah, and I fucked up the shit. Mm.
0: It's... You know, cash grab. yeah. Yeah, there you go i'm ashamed at your face like how hard you were concentrating
1: (laughs) that was my everything just so you know i'm waiting to get the call from paul simon i just want you to know my my reaction
0: is scrap that (laughs) try again next time
1: we'll do we'll do
0: cash scrap cinema welcomes you back and we're super sorry about last week you know file corruption happens to the best of us i'm rachel
1: I'm Josh. Hey, how's it going, and y'all? This
0: week, we viewed the movie that will make you question Will Netflix make anything? And the answer is, yeah.
1: Pitched to them a story about, you know, like,
0: oh, it's, it's a spaghetti man, and he, he's magical spaghetti. I feel like the person they have in the pitch room is like my grandma. She's just like, oh, that's good. Did you write that? Yeah, here. <laughs> All right, you need how many mils? All right, <laughs> here you go.
1: The movie we watched for tonight's episode is Ridiculous 6, or The Ridiculous 6. I don't remember. I'm not exactly that sure. That Adam
0: Sandler joint.
1: Yeah, this was, okay, this was a particularly painful movie for me to watch because...
0: You I, like all those guys? Yeah, like I
1: remember being 12 to 14, the key demographic for, I guess, most Adam Sandler material, but, you know, I was watching Saturday Night Live. I was uh, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. I lo- I owned all the comedy albums that Adam Sandler put out. You his- did? Yeah, I owned all of them.
0: And, um... and this movie, in the first, like, 15 <laughs> minutes, there's so many, I'm going to air quote this, jokes. <sighs> there's just rapid fire, lame jokes. They're so lame, I'm just waiting for the laugh track that doesn't come.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. It's... <sighs> It's so weird the way that the jokes are sort of rolled out. Again, air quotes. Jokes.
0: I definitely get the feeling from this movie that Adam Sandler just really wanted to be the star of a kick-butt action flick. Right. That's got comedic undertones. Like a Rush Hour movie. I, I
1: feel like he watched... um Oh, what was the Stephen Chow movie? Uh, Kung Fu Hustle. I feel like he watched Kung Fu Hustle and thought... Ooh, 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 ooh! I want to do that, but you know, I'm I'm American, and we don't really have kung fu movies. But
0: but we got westerns. We have
1: westerns, so why don't I do the same thing with the western, and I'll make kung fu hustle as a western?
0: Yeah, you could really see from watching this movie, Adam Sandler is friggin' dead inside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: It's- Nothing shines from behind those eyes anymore.
1: No. No, that light went out a long, long time ago. The movie starts off with, um, first of all, it starts off with a lot of uh, anti-Indian
0: Which isn't that weird because it is Western. Sure. And I thought that's kind of where they were going with it. But why is Adam Sandler a white Indian? I mean, you do find out that the Native Americans adopted him when he was like eight. Mm -hmm. But why does he talk like that? Why does he talk like a stereotype of what Native Americans sounded like in old westerns? Because of the yucks. (laughs) It's just not funny. (laughs) So he goes to the general store to Mm -hmm. buy flour. Why does he need flour as a Native American? Why do you need white flour? Whatever. I'm just reading too much into it at this point. (laughs) He goes to get white flour and and the guy behind the counter says, we don't. We don't service engines around these parts, but he says it in such a way that you're supposed to laugh and find it funny.
1: And real quick, this is not just any dude. We're talking about MTV Movie Award nominee. He never won. Steve Zahn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is a strange fact that you know. (laughs) I made it up. Oh, (laughs) it could be true.
1: It sounds like it sounds like he would definitely he would be in the MTV Movie Awards. His movies would. I feel. It's
0: sad to see you participating in fake news.
1: (laughs) Rachel, we live in a post-truth
0: world. You just want to fit in, I see. Adam Sandler says, "Oh, I'm not an Indian, I'm just pretending. It's a costume I use to keep from getting scalped by savages. It's supposed to be funny. (laughs) None of it is funny. And his girlfriend is waiting outside for him. These guys come up. What is their gang name again?
1: The the Left
0: Eye Gang? The Left Eye Gang. Yeah. They all have eye patches. Yeah. And there's some actual comedians in this Left Eye Gang. Again. You got Will
1: Forte. Mm-hmm. You got... Um, oh, that
0: boy. that bigger guy. I know he's a stand-up comedian. I can't think... I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I've seen him do a stand-up. He's funny. Uh,
1: Nick... Oh, Nick Swartzen. I thought you were talking about the big guy when you said Nick Swartzen. <laughs> Nick Swartzen's put on a little weight. Sorry. Yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> The bigger guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of funny he's people. He's funny. Yeah, he's he can be. He has that capacity, yeah, sure. Yeah, I
0: mean, I remember him in Reno 911. Hilarious.
1: Oh, my God. One of the great... What was his name? Terry or something? Terrence
0: or Terry. Like, the way yeah. he eats a banana on the side. Like, <laughs> Terry, you can eat a banana, but not for 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was such a difficult thing to watch. Because you see all these people... Who at one time you really maybe didn't res- you didn't like have utter respect for them but no, you thought they were super funny. Yeah,
0: you could like roll back the rolodex of their CV and be like, "Oh, here's some funny stuff." Yeah. Here's where you were really funny. Yeah. What the heck?
1: I can remember when I was a kid and I was watching um Billy Madison for it wasn't the first time either. It was maybe like the fourth time. And I was I was sitting in my gamer chair and I was eating um a snack pack of chocolate pudding just like in Billy Madison. And it comes to that point where the one kid is trying to read and he's having trouble with it. And Adam Sandler, like, nudges his friend. He's like, kid can't even read. I laughed so hard, I spit chocolate pudding onto my pants. I remember that. And I got chocolate pudding I had to get up and change my pants.
0: He was so funny. Hey, Josh, pooping your pants is cool.
1: (laughs) It's peeing your pants is cool. Yeah, I know, but chocolate pudding looks like poop.
0: You know what? (laughs) Fuck
1: you. You see what this movie, the Ridiculous 6, it brings out the worst in us.
0: It does. So Adam Sandler, when he went in there to the general store, he took his knife with him. He comes out, sees this gang harassing his girlfriend or fiance, I can't remember. How did he know they were going to be there? Because he uses that knife... To defeat them. And he took the knife as like an afterthought. Like, ah, yeah, I know they're going to be here. And then you discover he's got magic running powers for some reason?
1: He's got magic everything powers. They really, really oversold this idea that because this guy was raised by Apaches that he is... He is beyond mystical and he is just, he is a sort of living God.
0: Yeah. He's better than they are too. Like none of the members of his adopted tribe come close to matching his mystical powers. Adopted tribe. That's an interesting way to put it. But this movie is exactly why Marlon Brando refused his Oscar in 1973. (laughs) This is a great example of this when he had little feather turn down it for him as a protest of Hollywood's portrayal of Native Americans. Sorry, Marlon Brando, ain't shit changed.
1: <laughs> you really see this sort of come full circle when uh, Adam Sandler and his lady, after defeating the Left Eye Gang, they go back to the village where all of the other Apaches are. What's so weird is like the way that he imagines an Indian would speak like, the things they would say. I remember at one point he says, like, uh, somebody asked him a question and he says, I'll answer you after I close my eyes to dream.
0: What? what? <laughs> you don't think, well, I don't know. I'll think about that. I'm tired right now. Yeah. Like, why do they always have to speak in such mystical, jackassery yeah. ways? I don't know. And and when he comes back to the village with his girlfriend and they're, like, on the horseback, everybody immediately starts clapping. Like, they've been gone for maybe an hour or two. And they have
1: no way of knowing what took place. No way. No. Th- they're th- just
0: so excited that their white tribe member graced them with his presence once more. They're
1: just a super supportive family. That's what that, that is. They're, know, they're yeah. like the ones that overdo it.
0: Like, oh, you ate your oatmeal. Way to go, hun. I'm just cynical, you're right. They're just (laughs) so proud of him. Yeah, they're just so happy for him. Like, you did it. Way to go. You made it back on your horse. I mean, not by himself. He had his chaperone, but he did.
1: I wonder if they knew what happened because they're Apaches, therefore they're mystical. Therefore they were actually able to, like, astral project or something and witness the whole thing.
0: They really double down, oversell that, like, how mystical and magical... (laughs) The Apache Nation is, while at the same time, degrading them yeah. at every turn. It's
1: almost like there's a bell curve of, like, if you if you do, like, dances with wolves, you, you know, that's fine. Because that was, you know, tasteful and very human and very much, it was more about, like, oh, the, you know, these are just people. They're, yeah. they're, they're misunderstood mean, so by much these of other that,
0: people. So much of that movie is in native tongue. And that's a huge reason it took so long to find a production company willing to put it out.
1: Right, right. So,
0: I mean, yeah, good for you. That's how it, wind talkers even, great. Really showcasing people in a great way. This movie is just like, I just make crap up, who cares?
1: <laughs> After they get back and um, they're sort of settling in, a white man shows up at their village. And this white man is none other than Mr. Nick Nolte. If it wasn't such a terrible movie... Nick Nolte could have saved it, I think, because Mm -hmm. I love me some Nick Nolte.
0: But you can even tell he's just like, wow, I mean, I'm just going to say this stuff. (laughs) He's not acting. He's reading.
1: (laughs) I feel like Nick Nolte's constantly trying to fight off whatever gravel monster is in his throat, but in this, he just figured, like, screw it. No, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, like, a chiseled, grizzled...
0: I'm going to be as gravelly as I can. Hello, no,
1: don't worry about me. so
0: it turns out this is the Adam Sandler's character's biological dad, who had abandoned him before birth. Mm. Then later on, you find out his mom is killed, and that's how he comes to live with these Native Americans... The chief is just like, that's your dad. I mean, who cares if he abandoned you? Go to him now. Who would say that? <laughs> Wouldn't he just be like, well, I mean, I guess don't be a dick to him, but he's probably... Don't don't get too friendly with him either. He'll probably just abandon you again. I would
1: say don't kill him because others might come <laughs> after his body. Right. So don't do that. But yeah, if you want to, you know...
0: Keep your distance. Sure. I mean, he's a stranger to you, basically. Yeah. As someone who also was basically, like, just raised by my mom because my dad was like, fuck this shit. If he suddenly came up out of nowhere, I'd be, like, super wary of him. Like, so he's, what what angle you work in here? <laughs> yeah. But not not Adam Sandler's character. He's like, well, I mean, I, I was wary of you for 0.2 seconds. Now it's cats in the cradle. I love you for some reason. <laughs> What has he given you? He's given you no reason.
1: i tell you what he's given you. He has given you a butt ton. A literal metric butt ton of exposition. That's what Nick Nolte's character does. He shows up and he lays out a complete act one in about five minutes. He gives you everything.
0: Yeah, that that the mom died, Mm -hmm. that he abandoned them, that he's some western gangster i guess you could call him sure he's, and, a, he's a renegade yeah he's a and, renegade gambler and, that, and rogue or and, and that it? he's retired now and he just wants to love his boy and and that was enough for adam sandler's character like okay and then they go to bed and then the next morning i actually said what the actual fuck out loud after this part <laughs> one of the female they don't give her a name or no she does have a name Her name is Never Wears Bra.
1: Never Wears Bra. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this is the type of just insane nonsensical humor that is just shoveled at the screen constantly. It is appalling. (laughs) Never Wears Bra? Did that not get a second edit? Did no one look over that a second time before it went?
0: I'm pretty sure 98% of this movie is first round draft jokes. You know, like when the writers sit around and they shoot off jokes and, yeah, just they spit riff, and they're riffing off each other. I think there was just some stenographer later in the corner <laughs> writing down the whole thing. And they're like, brilliant, let's just make this. Like you know, that wasn't the writer, right? Looks
1: pretty good, I guess. I don't know. I'm gonna go eat some chicken wings.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm not paying a different person to come in here. She did a great job. Give that woman a bonus. (laughs) And then Danny Trejo comes, and I'm just like, what? Again, this is another amazing
1: actor who's done some great stuff. Yeah, I really respect him.
0: Danny, you're better than this. I know. I think, right? Obviously not, because here he is riding up to kidnap. Adam Sandler's dad, who's been back in his life for 12 hours, and he's like, well, better abandon my actual family, the family that's been there for me this whole time, my fiance, and go and save this butthole who just abandoned me. But don't worry,
1: don't worry, beautiful fiance, I'll be back in 10 days, just in time for our wedding, because it's really important to give yourself a time frame that you never really worry about again.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> they mention it from time to time, but they don't do an awesome job of explaining or really showing Or keep how track much- of the days. Yeah, exactly. They don't do a good job of explaining or showing how much time has passed, so 10 days, 10 months, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right that lady could have just been like you know what i don't want to babysit this grown baby my whole life i'll just get a different guy
1: but going off of what you said about the the screenplay if you can call it that, i mean the writing was just so lazy and so terrible and yet again i come back to neil breen i think i'd mentioned neil breen in probably every single episode and yeah,
0: stop plugging neil breen so hard listen
1: folks neil breen <laughs> get, a, get real, on the train get on the real brain estate
0: train. is what's paying for these movies you don't have to push it so hard
1: <laughs> but it reminds me of neil breen dialogue things don't make sense it's so slow it's so boring. it's very
0: it's very slow and it's very just elementary
1: it's almost like the way that they wrote it and the way that they edited this film was meant to offer moments of silence so that the laughter that's going on in the audience can die down before the next joke, but that shit ain't there. It just doesn't exist. It just sounds like an awkward silence.
0: It does. In some <laughs> of those, they like pull the music too to really emphasize <laughs> to that record scratch. Yeah, to yeah. emphasize how hilarious this is. Like ah ah, <laughs> it's like when you go to the movies with your mom and she's already seen it. She's like, watch this part. <laughs> Danny Trejo's character kidnaps the dad because apparently the dad stole a bunch of money when he went into retirement. $50,000. Yeah. And he hid it. He buried it.
1: Under a majestic pine oh, That's tree. his
0: hint to his boy. He leaves with Danny Trejo saying that it's at a singing windmill. So he leaves to draw him away. He tells Adam Sandler's character it's buried under a majestic pine. Awesome! Great hint. <laughs> there's pine trees everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> majestic is very is a very subjective word.
1: Yeah, not for a mystic like uh, Tommy. Is that his name? Tommy. Yeah, that's that is Adam Sandler's character's name.
0: That's how unimpressed I was with this whole movie. I don't know any of the characters' names except for Never Wears Bra. And then from here, when he can't find the money of the majestic pine. Frickin' obviously he can't find it. Kind of hint is that.
1: But there is a hilarious scene where they've dug like 28 holes out in the woods.
0: Yeah, and so he decides to leave to get more money. The chief tells him, well, you need to look white to blend in. He is white. (laughs) What? He just has a wig on. Not even a good one. And then the chief says, well, you need to take someone else. You can't go alone. Um, take I don't know any of their names. Take Daniel. He does a great white person impression, and he's like, "Oh, hello, I'm Reginald. I like pumpkin spice." And it's just, it was meant to be hilarious. And again, it's just like, wah wah.
1: Yep, just another flat fallen joke.
0: It is. It's so sad.
1: It fell flat. Just terrible. Don't worry, we we are, we are have just begun rolling out the true stars that occupy this film.
0: The rest of the Ridiculous 6. Holy and the bre- movie from here quickly turns into Robin Hood. Yeah, it does in
1: a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ro- Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But nowhere near as funny. Don't take him saying <laughs> Men in Tights and sound like, oh, it's really funny. No.
1: No, no.
0: We're not judging it too harshly. If actually, anything, we're being much too kind.
1: Actually, I think that's a much that's a much better analogy than that of uh, or comparison than that of Kung Fu Hustle. I think you're totally right. They went for Robin Hood Men in Tights, and it just did not work.
0: It did not because Adam
1: Sandler is not Mel Brooks.
0: No, like they made jokes like, "Oh, the horse is suicidal." Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wonder who this movie was sort of targeted to. Like, was it targeted to the 12 to 14 year old Josh that was, you know, if I could go back.
0: There's a scene where a donkey is giving Taylor Lautner a blowjob. <laughs> I'm not going to let my fucking 12 year old watch that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't have had access to those things when I was a kid.
0: What, donkeys? That's disgusting, Josh. No, what the Adam Sandler of, material. What, the, what kind of admissions are you making here tonight? This is getting dark. <laughs>
1: It's called Interspecies Erotica.
0: (laughs) You just made this podcast not safe for work. (laughs) I just
1: missed my donkey. Nice. (laughs) Thanks. I'm going to just... Hold on. I need to uh, pat myself on the back for that one. Once Tommy, Adam Sandler, gets to his uh, his first town, he meets Rob Schneider. Well, before
0: Rob Schneider, the Um, mayor... mm -hmm. I can't remember who plays the mayor is really rude to him because he Uh, drinks out of a horse trough.
1: Oh, yo, it's Parnes, dog. Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell is the mayor of this town.
0: So Parnell is really mean to him as he drinks out of a horse's trough. Oh, and he's not the mayor. He's the banker. And Mm. Adam Sandler's character is just like, ah, well, here's my first victim. I'm going to steal from him to help me accumulate this $50,000 to save my dad who abandoned me at birth. Why he feels he needs to do this, I still don't understand.
1: Real quick, if I can interject. This is the most lame, overused, tired trope in all comedy movies. We need to save somebody. We need to do something. Oh, I know. We need to raise money in order for that to happen. It's the same premise as Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. It's just that his dad, his grandma, is the dad. And saving the house is now $50,000 of stolen loot.
0: Yeah. But she was actually a good grandma, so it makes sense why he'd want to do that. And that
1: was actually funny, because you had Ben Stiller as, like, the two-faced <laughs> right. nursing Based, home. Like, <laughs> a sweatshop nursing home. <laughs> yeah! It was so funny! What happened? Why, I you know, I get it. Like, people get older and... Lazy. Maybe lazy, maybe. I don't know. Like, they just get lame. I don't... Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, they're, they're all lame now. But they're just... They're old. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Spielberg and Lucas. Yeah, they're are...
0: definitely gonna be checking this out.
1: <laughs> Chris Barnell is the banker. He insults Adam Sandler, uh, sorry, Tommy. And Tommy decides he's going to rob him. But then he meets a young Hispanic fellow, uh, played by none other than Rob Schneider. You knew Rob Schneider was gonna be in this movie. Of course he is. I mean, it's an Adam Sandler movie, yeah. so Rob Schneider. I mean, at be- least
0: Rob Schneider speaks Spanish, but he's not Hispanic, right?
1: Yeah, like his mom was, his mom no, was Mexican. No, Rob Schneider.
0: Oh, the, the, person. the person.
1: I am not familiar with his heritage, nor do I care. I, don't, I guess I don't see I don't the think... world through that lens.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> well, his last name is Schneider, so I'm going to go with probably not. Yeah, he does speak Spanish, but seriously, you couldn't just put Danny Trejo as that person and make Rob Schneider the bad guy?
1: No, but Rob Schneider does the perfect, like... Ah, oh, what are you doing voice, right? Right, that's true. Anyway, it is absolutely... I'm being picky. It's no surprise that Rob Schneider is in this movie. Him and his donkey. Him and his donkey. He prefers to work on movies set in pre-vaccine eras.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He fits in better. Yeah. (laughs) So they decide to rob this bank again. It's so picky on my part. It's broad freaking daylight. Right. Right. Why?
1: Why? I'll tell you why. Because Tommy They're
0: easier to light.
1: Because Tommy is <laughs> Tommy is so mystical that he's able to break into the top floor of this bank by climbing up the wall
0: with two knives. With
1: two knives.
0: And then he Two bre- knives, Tommy. And then he breaks open the safe by chanting. Like <laughs> yes. freaking seriously. Oh,
1: I had blocked out that part from my brain. Yeah, he does he does a mystical Apache chant and the the door of the safe flies off. And
0: you might be wondering why does Rob Schneider's character want to help him so much? Why does he care? We find out before before they broke into the bank that they have the same dad. Also, Rob Schneider's character is just like oh, I love my daddy. Of course I'll help you save fifty thousand, steal $50,000 to save him. Why do you love him? <laughs> I mean, you didn't even know what he looks like.
1: I guess the idea of just having a dad is enough. I'm guessing that's what his motivation is. It doesn't work, though.
0: It It doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't scan. It doesn't, because his (laughs) mom has been there, dedicated to him all these years. What does he give a crap? (laughs) And so he's using his burrow to block Parnell from getting into the bank to figure out what's happening. And then Taylor Lautner shows up.
1: Oh, boy. He materializes like like the dream boat that he is.
0: But it's Do you not... remember when you look like Taylor Lautner?
1: I remember when I said that, <laughs> and you never, ever let me forget it. Because... <laughs> it was just the funniest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was... Because it was a time in my life where I was... More definitely, way more fit than I am now.
0: <laughs> and, and I get, and I get that's what you were going for. I was going for hyperbole. But the way you said it, just like, do I remember when you were an ethnically ambiguous teenager? No.
1: <laughs> With wispy hair, had just enough rugged good looks to to uh, attract Kristen Stewart. No, no, you were never there, Josh. It didn't exist. Let that it time, go. That there was that was not a timeline. As they leave robbing the bank, uh, they run into Taylor Lautner and...
0: No, Taylor Lautner comes in while they're still robbing the bank. Oh, that's right.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Because the the burrow gets stuck in the door and that's how he's distracting Chris. Yeah, because he's
0: not actually stuck. He's just like, oh, he can get out at any time. Right. And then Taylor Lautner's talking to Rob Schneider's character. He's talking about... They're talking about their dads. Realize they have the same dad. He's the third brother. And then... (laughs) He's supposed to be like this simpleton. And he says, oh, you're robbing the bank? And so Chris Parnell knows, oh, somebody's robbing the bank. But Rob Schneider has taught his burrow to projectile diarrhea poop on command. Yes. So he poops all over Parnell and he flies away and they get away because the donkey pooped on them it's
1: definitely one of the higher moments of chris parnell's career to <laughs> right? be diarrhea on by an adam sandler donkey
0: it's all so weak
1: yeah it really is poop can be funny
0: yes that wasn't caddyshack great poop scene yeah i mean poop can be very funny yes this poop was just lazy it was It really was. I mean, why couldn't they just have the donkeys kick very hard? Why couldn't they just kick it? Kick him. That would have made more sense, at least.
1: I don't know. I feel like there's, like, a poop union, you know, and that... (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel that? There's a union of poop special effects people that if Adam Sandler doesn't keep... Are you sure that... Pumping out the jams, they're going to be out of business.
0: Are you sure, like, special effects just does all the poop stuff i don't think there's a different poop one i'm sorry Josh. you can believe
1: what you want to believe okay fake news oh <laughs> <laughs> the eye pulling scene no, no 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 before that we're still at the bank and the the diarrhea is happening all over chris Parnell. But with Adam Sandler escapes and um, and jumps down, they did not hide his stunt double well at all. At all. They didn't they made no effort to hide. The, that was clearly a different person. It
0: was I honestly <laughs> thought, was it a woman?
1: <laughs> no, I mean could be, but it looked a little the the, the person looked a little square jawed and sort of big and rugged.
0: Oh well, he's just got beautiful hair then. Yes, he does. But that
1: that that is absolutely true. He's got beautiful hair.
0: I love that. She's like, is that a staging? <laughs> and then we come back to the left eye gang. They're in a cave. This whole scene. Felt like filler to me, which is weird considering how unbearably long this movie is.
1: Oh, boy. It's
0: way past the minimum running time.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes, it is. It's got... Oh, my God. It's got, like, a 30-minute climax. I mean, we'll get to it, but, like, it's got a third act. It lasts forever. It lasts so long.
0: Yeah, but this scene in the cave with the left-eye gang, so the general store owner... Wants to join the left eye gang, but his right eye is wonky.
1: Right. He's got that sort of, um, like sort of a a Marty Feldman eye going Mm -hmm. on. Mm.
0: I don't know what the nice way to say it is, but it just looks like a lazy eye. Right. And you have to remove your left eye to become a member of the left eye gang. It was just needlessly gross, <laughs> this whole scene.
1: But, actually, I think, again, the connection you made between this and Robin Hood Men in Tights, I think they went for that because in the eye gouging out scene, they the camera pans over and you see the silhouette of the shadow gouging out the eye. Right, it's still gross. Yeah, it's, I mean, gross and silly. And again, just, and like, silly but not funny. I mean, what is that when something is just... Over the top, ridiculous, ridiculous six, but is just not at all funny. A toddler. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's pretty true.
0: Then we come to the fourth brother.
1: Played by none other than, I don't know the actor's name.
0: Georgie Garcia, I think.
1: Yeah, I know him as Hurley from Lost. Lost? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hurley.
0: When we lived in Hawaii, I saw him at Walmart. That's awesome. Yeah, he was really nice.
1: I mean, I knew that already. Why did I sound surprised?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Josh has brain damage, 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 damage.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Hurley, I mean, he was on this show that was hugely popular and then pretty disappointing. But hugely popular. He could have done anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But what does he do? He does Ridiculous 6. Let's talk about his character. Let's unpack his character a little bit.
0: What's to unpack? He's just like a big guy who makes moonshine. His mommy's dead. dead. He finds out that he's a brother. I don't know how they're being able to communicate this well with him because he does not speak English.
1: He doesn't speak. He's like, he uh, he just sort of grunts and mums. Yeah, he's,
0: you know, just grunty. Yeah. And I, but they're communicating fabulously with him. So he's also figured out their dad is his dad. Yes. And he's also really into saving him.
1: Yeah, he's on board. Everybody's on board.
0: They're all on board, but on board to, board to the point where they're, they're, like, love him. Yeah. <laughs> why? I get that you wouldn't want him to die of a heart attack or whatever, but why would you love him? He did nothing for you. It's weird. It
1: is super weird. And it's interesting to note that, uh, again, yet again, we're reminded of how mystical Tommy is because he's the one that can sort of Yeah, you can, like,
0: speak in tongues with him, basically. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to assume to know something. I'm pretty sure the members of the Apache tribe can't just mystically speak any language they want.
1: (laughs) We meet Hurley. I'm going to call him Hurley for the rest of this podcast. But we meet the fourth brother, big burly guy. He's a mute, uh, effectively. Then they go into yet another town and we meet another staple of Adam Sandler movies. Mr. Steve Buscemi, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent actor who's been in tons of great movies.
0: Great movies, TV shows.
1: Yeah, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, that was huge for him. Yeah, dude. He's been nominated for tons of awards. He was, I'm sure FN, he,
1: he was Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs. I mean, he's amazing. What is his entire purpose in this movie? He He's there to make the exact same ointment joke th- throughout the film.
0: Yeah, he uses the ointment for... Um, shaving. Shaving. Toothaches for a rash on one of the on the big characters' balls. The... For,
1: for the donkey ass. Yeah. And then and then he, so he puts some ointment on his hand and sticks it up the donkey ass. And then he takes it out and then he licks his he fingers. He cleans his teeth. Yeah, he cleans his teeth. With his fingers. Right, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, but don't forget the second thing he's there for, more exposition.
1: Yeah, he's very good at uh, laying out. What, I don't even remember what he said.
0: It's about the gold in the bar. Yes, there's a nugget of gold hanging in the bar. They want to steal it, but everybody who tries to steal it loses their thumbs.
1: Right, and that bar is owned by uh, Harvey Keitel, who plays what's his name, Smiley? Is that what his name is, or Happy? Something like that, uh, Mr. White from <laughs> from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> they must have had the same the same agent. But they right used.
0: after you see Steve Buscemi, you see Terry Crews. And I'm just thinking, damn it, Terry Crews and Steve Buscemi, did you even read the script? (laughs) You're just like, yeah, I'll do it. I feel like Steve Buscemi must have made some sort of blood oath. Yeah. And he can't get out of it now. Right,
1: right, right. Like ever since The Wedding Singer. Yeah. He's been locked into some sort of Faustian (laughs) deal with the devil. (laughs) Right. But
0: but then there's Terry Crews. So Adam Sandler's the devil. And I... (laughs) No, if he was, this movie would have been way more popular.
1: Yeah, it would have been, he'd be a lot more charismatic. But Terry Crews, I, I'm not. I wasn't that surprised to see him. You know, he's done all kinds of stuff. He's done um, Old Spice commercials. You know, he's like
0: those Old Spice commercials good. were funny. Yeah, though. Yeah,
1: they were. But it, Terry Crews just seems like somebody who's down. He,
0: he does seem like down. I mean, he just did the hot ones on oh, First yeah. We Feast, which was hilarious. Check it out. He's now got Brooklyn Nine Nine and. It's like his third TV show that's made it over 100 episodes. Right. You don't got to do this crap anymore. I know.
1: it's. You know what? It just seems like he enjoys working. That's that's what it seems to me.
0: Well, then go hit the gym. He likes that too, obviously. <laughs>
1: He's obviously been hitting the gym, girl.
0: <laughs> I think Josh needs a moment. Do you need a picture of Terry Crews? Take it to the bathroom?
1: I carry around a picture of Terry Crews everywhere I go in my mind. And your wallet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then brother number five, Luke Wilson, wants to talk to the bar owner. What did you say his name was? Smiley. About the dad. Because they used to run in a gang together.
1: How serendipitous. Right. And in front of all the other brothers, he brings it up. And just by the way, it's almost like they were, it was this amazing time crunch to get all the brothers revealed because... The second that Luke Wilson says that, Terry Crews is right next to him. He's like, hey, that was my dad, too, or something like that. No,
0: they never say that because you go, like, they say, oh, Luke Wilson, you're our brother, too. And he's like, cool. Cut to them trying to steal the gold. And Terry Crews is there, tacked on brother number six. (laughs) Doesn't even get his story. And then it is kind of funny, but not really. But the funniest I'm being generous. The funniest joke in this whole thing is Terry Crews saying, you know, I just want to be the one to tell you guys, you know, I'm black <laughs> yeah. and I hope this doesn't ruin anything for us. Cause I've told other people and you know, they've been kind of jerky about it. <laughs> and they're like, Oh no, we love you brother. And like, that's the funniest that, joke. And it's not, it made it was me kind of funny. Yeah. It made me go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh,
1: poor Terry afterthought cruise his
0: sixth brother i'm just here for the ride cruise <laughs> uh, do you think still, that adam sandler tacked him on his last because he's jealous of how handsome he is could be that's that's what i'm going with i
1: like his character in brooklyn Nine so much because like he's this big muscly tough cop but at the same time he talks about um, he cries a lot he, he cries a lot he talks about um uh, he t- he talks about breathless, like he really likes, he likes old French cinema. Right, uh, he's and so he's cool. really into
0: yogurt. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the gang's all assembled. We finally, we finally have put together the Ridiculous Six, even though it seemed like a rush job. They hatched this plan.
0: To steal the giant nugget of gold. Right. Luke Wilson goes in, buys Smiley, the best scotch, as an apology mm-hmm. to try to get him drunk. It's just like a, a clusterfuck. Right. <laughs> it's the most hodgepodgey plan. It's like
1: they put. It's like they patchworked three separate plans into one crappy plan that doesn't <laughs> right. work. Right.
0: Right. Like Terry Crews's role is to tie the nugget of gold up on this rope that Luke that not Luke Wilson that Rob uh, Schneider Rob Schneider drops through the chimney. He ties it up and he gets stuck in the chimney. Like, well, friggin' of course it does. It's huge. Chimneys made for smoke. Right. That moves and bends. (laughs) So it gets stuck. They're about to get caught by Smiley. And so the next great, the plan B, is run. Right. Well, why didn't you just do that from the beginning? Yeah, that
1: would have worked so much better. You probably wouldn't have noticed. But you took so long getting there. Stupid-ass Rob Schneider. Lifting nuggets. (sighs) Dude. (laughs) I wish he would get donkey diarrheaed.
0: Brutal. <laughs> Sorry. Smiley has two guns, comes out, tells them all like, next person who moves gets shot. And so they all do that freeze frame, but we're still moving a little. <laughs> this movie. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> and to save them, Rob Schneider's character comes running through on his burrow. With a shovel and hits Smiley, he says, with the intention of knocking him out, and it knocks his head off. Yes, and then he walks around shooting his guns like chicken head cut off style. The CGI is so crap, yes. In this movie,
1: I think that was a practical effect, and it was crap. And usually, practical effects are better than CGI,
0: <laughs> yeah. If you're talking low budget,
1: yeah, yeah, but. What's weird about it is it goes on for so long. I mean, to say, like, oh, it goes on for, like, 20 seconds. You don't think that that's a long time, but 20 seconds of that completely unfunny gag is very long. It seems like a lifetime.
0: It does. (laughs) And then they all escape. They have the gold. They finally have saved Mm $50,000. They're sitting around... Their campfire. Oh
1: my God! Yeah. Where
0: the hell does that banjo come from? Yeah, it's... just magic banjo out, out of Terry Cruz's butt.
1: Yeah, completely out of place musical number, where they're singing like a cowboy
0: song about the loving campfire. their dad. Yeah, and, and their dad brothers. they never <laughs> met, and yeah, and being brothers. Ugh. <sighs> Minor complaint on my part. Why didn't anyone, literally anyone, take five minutes to show Terry Crews that you pick a banjo, you don't strum it, <laughs> the motions he's making wouldn't make those sounds?
1: No, they wouldn't. But I don't think anybody cared. I don't. Obviously
0: think a- <laughs> nobody cared.
1: <laughs> what I noticed about the music as it was being played is I recognized a lot of those chords from other Adam Sandler songs. Like, like I said, I had all of the comedy albums, so I've heard... I've heard most Adam Sandler songs. Yeah, there was a lot of those chords and chord progressions that, that sounded eerily similar. I'm not saying plagiarism, but, you know.
0: Well, they are his songs. They are his, but, I mean,
1: you know, you already did them. Yeah. <laughs> Make up a new song.
0: He tried and failed. And then it gets sad, the song, because Adam Sandler's characters is crying, or not crying, but complaining, like, oh, my mommy's dead. And... They're all like, oh, really ruined the mood there. Yeah, and did. to save them, Hurley puts his jacket over his head and pretends to be <laughs> that dead guy. It's a callback to the two, two seconds ago when he's like lost his head and shooting the guns and they're all <laughs> laughing. Just like, it wasn't funny the first time. Don't make me watch it again. I think, I could
1: be wrong, but I think what they were going for there was the kind of, the kind of effect that, if you remember from The Wedding Singer, When Adam Sandler was playing that song for Drew Barrymore and it was that like, I think it was called Somebody Kill Me. (laughs) It was like supposed to sound like the cure, like it was kind of like inspired by the cure (laughs) and all this stuff is really, really sad. And then he starts screaming about his sadness and that's funny. It's funny the way that that's performed. You do not get that at all from it. It's it's just like, it is like the slowest deflating of an unfunny tire. (laughs) That you can imagine. It's so not funny. Much like
0: us. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just two total herbs. Two jerks. (laughs) Two jerks with a microphone. And the next scene, again, it just feels like time filler. Yes. Because they inadvertently come upon this man.
1: John Turturro. Jesus himself.
0: (sighs) And then some Asian workers probably... I think they're trying to make it, like, they're Chinese building the railroad system. I feel like that's what they were trying to say, allude to what they were. Sure, yeah. And just, like, again, no wonder Marlon Brando turned down that Oscar. Like, hot damn. <laughs> and And then they inadvertently invent baseball. Yeah. <laughs> you could talk no more about this scene. It's so worthless
1: What's going to make what's going to make this really boring comedy movie really really interesting and electrifying? I know, the most boring sport on the planet. Josh
0: hates baseball. Baseball is
1: so dull. And here's what I I marked the time. I marked how long this took. This was an 8 minute scene in this film. 8 minutes of John Turturro trying to get people into baseball randomly in a field out in the middle of nowhere as somehow. He made, as
0: he made up the rules as he went along. That's to, the joke. To try to help him. and So it's him and his team are the Chinese laborers. Mm-hmm. And then the other team are the brothers. Yeah. But they're winning. So he just <laughs> makes up stuff so he can win. And he still doesn't. Yeah. It, and the reason they keeps agree to happening it.
1: happening over and over.
0: And the reason they agree to it, the brothers, is because the baseball guy knows where the singing windmill is, and that's where they figure the dad is.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. They're going th- They're going through with this arduous, painful scene to get some info on where their dad is that they love so much. Who wouldn't love Nick Nolte? Could you imagine, like, every morning, you know, waking up like, Wakey, wakey, and
0: bakey, I made pancakes. Yeah, except he <laughs> abandoned all of them. So... <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's not info for the singing windmill. They need info for a poker game because they need one more score. Because before they came upon the baseball game, they were swimming and, and the, the left, left eye, eye gang showed up and stole all their money.
1: Right. So it was motivated. I, I see. You know when what? He I stole, love the baseball scene When now. they <laughs>
0: stole all that money and I knew that they would have to start over and finding more money... I almost went to bed.
1: Right, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely it was a it was a goddamn it moment. It was it was like, <laughs> God, man, no! Did
0: they have to do all this again? That, that can't. Luke Wilson has a gun. Just kill them. <laughs> Let's get this <laughs> over with.
1: Oh, we forgot to mention Luke Wilson. He gives this backstory to Tommy. He tells him like, I want to tell you something because I think it's really important that I tell this to Dad. Because
0: I I don't, I'm a bad person. I'm a
1: bad person, and here's why I'm bad. And he has this weird flashback to where he was the Secret Service security guard attached to Abraham Lincoln the night that he got killed.
0: And he left and took a dump, and then. Yeah. And he killed him. So,
1: more poo jokes, which is great. Right. It's all great. Poo jokes. And then Chris Catan shows up as John Wilkes' booth. I don't, it's almost like, ha ha ha, because we're mentioning these historical figures. Like somehow it's gonna be funny. It's almost like Adam Sandler watched drunk history. And he and likes thought,
0: and he obviously it. he likes it.
1: Right. And and he thought, but that's all you have to do is just like show someone from history.
0: Make them a famous person now, but yeah. dress funny.
1: Yeah. And that's and that's all you need. There was nothing funny about it. It
0: wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't funny.
1: And the thing is, like, none of these jokes are, are not funny. Because they're too offensive and they cross a line and they, they insult some sort of like sensibility. They're not sensitive.
0: That That's fine if it's funny. You can be yeah. offensive if it's funny. I think there's like, there's tears to it. You can be offensive and just funny, it can be offensive, make you think about it, and be funny.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: Like, there's all different ways to do it being offensive and getting it right. This movie, albeit mildly offensive if you aren't an indigenous American or Chinese or Chinese it's not fucking funny like it's not funny even if I was Chinese or indigenous American just like no it's not funny <laughs> And not because I'd be all butt hurt, because it's not that offensive. No,
1: it's not. It's very, it's very light. It's
0: lazily, it's lazily offensive, and I, to me, it's just like, come on.
1: It's playing off of the most simple, rudimentary, and frankly outdated stereotypes that, like, all of these things have been said before ad nauseum. You are not reinventing any kind of wheel. No. By making these jokes, because they've been made, and, yeah. they've been, and other people have done it better. <laughs> Right,
0: yeah. I mean, if you want to be offensive and funny, like Blazing Saddles, offensively hilarious. Yeah. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's what they were going for.
0: Blazing Saddles meets Men in Tights.
1: Yeah, so like a real nod to Mel Brooks and his genius. Yeah. And, and really were, insulting it. I was about to
0: say, they were just like, well, let's just shit on all that. <laughs> let's have the donkey diarrhea spray on it. <laughs> <laughs> well Rob Schneider claps. <laughs> Don't get your kids vaccinated. <laughs> is he an anti-vaccine?
1: Yeah, he's totally anti-vaccine.
0: Is he really? He is. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, it makes me... Uh, I, not. It's not like I had I held him in some high regard and had all this respect for him, but it Lose may- what respect i had for him i
0: didn't i didn't hold him in high regard but that just makes me realize like oh so you're stupid cool, cool 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 this might be the strangest thing about me as a southern person do you know what i really like the confederate flag
1: why do you like the conf-
0: i love it because i'm just like oh cool cool so you're super dumb <laughs> and we're not going to be friends
1: either you're a dukes of hazard fan and who isn't but either that or you are a total moron And yeah. we're, we're not gonna be buds
0: we're not gonna, we're not gonna be home i like it
1: too for that reason it's a great no. shortcut like you don't have to like, worry about
0: you just it's just you just use this flow chart let me break it down for you are you at a museum and you see a confederate flag totally fine it is a tool for learning are you at a civil war reenactment Totally fine. Tool for learning engages young people to see how brutal that part of our history was. Are you at Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> and that bitch has a Confederate flag sticker on the back of her crampy truck and a Confederate flag purse. You don't want to be her friend.
1: <laughs> to the far extreme. And I've seen this in the town in which we live. Well, I'm not going to tell you where, but I've seen this where there are pickup trucks uh, going down the road with a Confederate flag uh, flying out of the back, out of the bed of the truck. Mm-hmm. A Confederate flag on one side and a Trump flag on the other. And it's just like, oh, okay, we're not going to be friends.
0: No, we don't have anything in common. Also, all that wind resistance is really eating into your gas mileage.
1: <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You can't mess with this Hemi. They, they drive Hemis, right? Rednecks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this with foam and duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> what are you listening to, Gavin? What's changed? <laughs> but yeah, to me, anti vaxxers. <laughs> Justin
1: Long, oh my God. So, You're a genius. So
0: for me, anti vaxxers fit into that flow chart. Like, are you a scientist trying to see if there's any correlation, which they have, and they have found none between autism and vaccines? Great. Are you a lady who has way too much time to read unfounded, unscientific blogs on the internet and spouting off nonsense and telling me that milk's going to give my kid autism? Cool, cool, cool. We're not going to be friends.
1: Do you put any stock in any word that comes out of Jenny McCarthy's mouth? Cool, 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 cool. Brain damage.
0: Right. right. <laughs> Get
1: back into your hermetically sealed tube or whatever. She's hocking on Ellen. <laughs> My right. God.
0: So when, But when you merge the two, when it's anti-vaxxers with their Confederate flag, <laughs> it's the perfect mix of you don't want to hang out with them.
1: And there we go, Idiocracy. It's funny because you have you have Steve Buscemi, Harvey Keitel, they were in Reservoir Dogs. You have Luke Wilson, Terry Crews. They were both in Idiocracy.
0: Mm-hmm. According to Terry Crews from that Hot Ones, mm-hmm. from First We Feast, that the president character is one of his favorite characters he's ever played.
1: <laughs> My favorite moment of that of that movie, still to this day, is when he comes out to do his State of the Union address, and he's like, "Shit." Man, I know shit's fucked up, and then you see the teleprompter. That's exactly what it says. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Uh, All right, back to this crappy movie. So after the after the the agonizing baseball scene, (laughs)
0: yeah, and the ridiculous not the ridiculous six, the left eye gang has kidnapped Adam Sandler's girlfriend. Yeah, and they're holding her. As a way to get back at them or him, because they want to like kick his butt for embarrassing them or whatever. Sure. And they leave her with the now blinded member <laughs> of the Left Eye Gang. And she realizes he can't see her. And so she leaves, steals a horse, and gets away. That's all within a foot of him. Is he blind <laughs> and deaf? <laughs>
1: He's focusing so much of his attention on trying to see out of his wonky eye. Yeah. That um, his other senses are deadened.
0: <laughs> are failing. <It's, laughs> instead of that idea that you lose a sense, all your other ones get heightened, <laughs> his are going down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the Steve Zahn effect.
0: <laughs> At the same time, the Ridiculous Six characters have gone to infiltrate this poker game. That has really high stakes. High stakes poker. To yeah. steal the money. Yet
1: another Western trope. Mm, yeah, It's like very watching much Maverick.
0: So. To steal the money to save their dad. Oh, my God. This movie's so weird. Let's talk about how bad it is. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> that's right. The actual Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby.
1: Mr. Rob Van Winkle.
0: Is at this high stakes poker game as a historical figure, Mark Twain. It's so ridiculous, but... They think it's like, hoo ridiculously hilarious. It's just stupid.
1: And the whole time, like, his character is, like, super street and he's dropping rhyme all the time or something. Yeah, and
0: he's got, he's got mad flow <laughs> and they're talking about how he just released.
1: He just dropped his latest, uh, book.
0: Yeah. Which one? Tom Sawyer. Yeah. Or yeah. Huck Finn. Huck Finn. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Know, and he's talking about, yeah, quality. Ugh.
1: <laughs> I mean that is an abolitionist novel But I mean it really of is Of course it is It's but spinning when... in the face of Mark Twain's memory
0: Yeah <laughs> It really is
1: At this high stakes poker game We meet John Lovitz John Lovitz is there He's sort of running the show Mark Twain played by Rob Van Winkle Also known as Vanilla Ice And we have David Sade,
0: Only known as Vanilla Ice If you actually know his real name You're not a real fan
1: i think marky mark would agree and david spade as general custer because i think we all know that any historical figure yeah but you forgot one of them who did i forget
0: the sharpshooter played by blake shelton (laughs) (laughs) the country singer who also stars as one of the judges on the Voice,
1: he took a long weekend from the Voice to uh, come and play this bit part as Wyatt Earp. Oh but my see, God. that
0: makes sense because I've never seen him in anything else, so it's not because he's we- not
1: an actor exactly.
0: <laughs> so it's not weird that he would be in this weird movie. It's right, not, it's not that unusual. He's more like a folk artist. But there are country music artists who have started movies and they've been really good, like. Tim McGraw. Reba McIntyre. Side, Reba McIntyre. Tremors. Uh, Dolly Parton. Yep. Nine to Five and mm-hmm. everything else. They've done both. It's not weird that Blake Shelton, who is hilariously unfunny on the voice, would do this hilariously unfunny movie.
1: He's got no frame of reference. <laughs> no, he's just like, I'm
0: hilarious. Of course I'm going to be in this.
1: Yeah, I'll be right there after I'm done watching Two and a Half Men. God, it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> also later seasons of the big bang theory.
0: Oh my god, it's so funny. I love it when they complain about their girlfriend problems.
1: <laughs> so, um
0: <laughs> real quick, this is a this is this is a bit of a stray. Why is it that all TV shows, I wouldn't say mate that are mainly geared towards men, you know, most of their audience is male, they start out that way. And then if they gain literally any traction with the female audience, Boom, it's all romance. I
1: don't I don't know exactly. Apart from there's some stupid TV executive that's just like,
0: "Yeah, well, we're getting these numbers from this demographic, but we need their girlfriends and significant others too." But if the if their girlfriends and significant others are already watching it, why do you need to change the formula? I get that you need character growth, but why does it always have to be relationship?
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's the dumbest sh- shit. It's like it's like making somebody like making a couple in a sitcom have a baby or get married or, uh, anything, something that's definitely gonna change the relationship, right?
0: Right. It's gonna but change I mean, the you dynamic. could buy a tiger and it would do the same thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just work that into every episode. Right. Uh, oh, I'd love to solve your problems, Billy, but I've gotta go take Sheba for a walk. Okay, this is what I found most annoying about Vanilla Ice is Mark Twain. And actually this entire scene. Everything that comes out of his mouth is immediately followed by the word satire right? They they say things that are clearly not satirical in the least. They they have no not an ounce of not a shred of of satire to them. But because Mark Twain, it's like it's like they they reference the Wikipedia entry for Mark Twain. It's just like oh, he wrote satire. Let's just work that word in. To they the didn't script. read the
0: whole Wikipedia entry. It was like the first little paragraph where you get the cliff notes of what the rest too long didn't read. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And like
0: ah, oh, satire. Boom! I love that word. Throw it in there. That's all you
1: need to know about old Mark Twain. The other thing that's really weird is there's this. There's this reveal for no reason, honestly. There's this reveal that John Lovitz's character once banged Hurley's mom, mm-hmm. the the moonshining lady, and he talked about just like how, how ugly, ugly she, she was. was. Yeah,
0: and stupid, but she made good moonshine and her son was really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he couldn't And he sang for quarters, but he couldn't actually sing. He just grunted.
1: And so then he goes off to like make a drink or go somewhere, I don't know. To get
0: the last of that moonshine that he had.
1: Right. And then there's Hurley, and he's seeing red.
0: And he's singing, but not really. He's grunting, and that's how he knows that's the kid. Right. And then he kills him? No, he doesn't kill him.
1: I don't know what he does to him. I don't
0: know. But all that foils the plans and... Makes it harder for them to steal the money. But of course they still get the money. Yeah. And then they escape. And it's just all so... At this point I just kept checking like how much longer? How much longer? <laughs> how much longer is this? And it just kept going. Like Josh said, it just wouldn't die.
1: No, it wouldn't. They get the money and finally they get to where...
0: The singing windmill is. The,
1: the singing windmill. So we get Nick Nolte... You have your uh, Danny Trejo and there's a showdown. There's finally a showdown. What's weird about this showdown is typically in Westerns, you're kind of rooting for the hero. In this showdown, I wanted everybody to die. No, right. I wanted some massive amount of dynamite to just take them all out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just let them all fall. They just... give Danny Trejo the money. Mm-hmm. They just leave.
1: Yeah. And then they reveal to Nick Nolte that they actually got double the money.
0: Yeah, because the Left Eye Gang is now on their side. Right. And they gave the money back. So they they still have $50,000 left. And then Danny Trejo and his gang comes back. And that's when Adam Sandler character sees Danny Trejo's tattoo on his hand. And, and, yeah. And realizes that's the guy who killed his mom as a child. Yes. Or when he was a child. So he kills him.
1: And now, here's the weird thing. Like, was that not, like, the weakest kind of like Batman-esque story about your parent getting killed.
0: It was also so unnecessary. Like She could have just died from the flu.
1: Yeah, cholera. Yeah.
0: He would have still had the same... Dysentery. ...upbringing with his Apache family. Yeah. You didn't need to add this extra layer. No. I mean, it's not even a layer. Like, the cellophane wrapping on this movie. I wouldn't even call it a layer. You can still see through that,
1: bitch. (laughs) The cheesecloth.
0: Yeah. (laughs) full of holes
1: oh but it's just so stupid so he kills Danny Trejo and then there's another sort of like showdown that takes place
0: because the gang comes back right and the dad reveals that he's a bad guy well a flipping course he is (laughs) and he just wanted them to do all the dirty work and steal the money for him because he's so famous Right, he's such a famous bad guy, and he wants them to join his gang, and they refuse. They reveal that there's a bomb in the bag that they gave the gang. It's not actually money. It explodes, and uh, there's another showdown, and I just can't be bothered to remember what happened after that. <laughs> Nothing memorable. Ugh.
1: Yeah. It was, it, everything was drawn out for so long.
0: The pacing is so off in this movie.
1: Yeah. And this whole, this whole, I guess you would call it a climax scene. I'm guessing you call it, this is a showdown, so it's got to be the climax. Mm -hmm. But it goes on for easily 20 minutes. Right? Yeah. And then the the denouement takes like another fifteen minutes. Like it takes that long to resolve everything and fit in all the last minute jokes about like and now the stupid brother is doing this and now the Hurley brother is doing this. It's oh, terrible. It's painful.
0: So Adam Sandler's character marries his beautiful fiance. Not
1: never wears bra but the other one.
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> Taylor Lautner comes back with him and he gets a girlfriend who is also a member of this tribe Mm -hmm. and they're all together adam sandler's character finally realizes that his adopted dad is the best dad It's like well no freaking kidding we all knew that within 15 minutes of the start of this movie
1: he's the one who taught you how to climb up walls with knives yeah (laughs) (laughs) what did nick nolte ever do for you he
0: didn't teach you to climb up walls with knives that's love (laughs) if your parents didn't teach you to climb up walls with knives they don't love you
1: did your mom teach you how to climb up walls with knives
0: no did yours <laughs> no they were too
1: busy saying Jesus
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> poor preacher's kid yeah so we've come to the natural conclusion of this I say natural in all honesty I can't talk about this movie anymore <laughs> <laughs> so let's ask ourselves, is it a cash grab? Josh, remind me, and others, what is
1: a cash grab? A cash grab. is any type of media that is made solely to make money and not for artistic merit, not for an artistic purpose.
0: That's a ching, ching cash grab. Can I say this is definitely not a cash grab? Because... Were they trying to make money? That's my question. I don't know. I,
1: th- <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it is a cash grab. Of course it is. But yeah, it's definitely a cash grab. But I think it's a cash grab after the fact. Because I don't know exactly how things work, work with Netflix, but I'd like to imagine that they just cut you a check. And so you've gotten your money already. Right. So you, you get you get your payday in advance. And, and then, then I'm sure
0: with my like clicks you get more. Apparently this movie has some sort of strange following. I don't know if it's for the shot and fraud of it all. They love it because it's so terrible. I'm not really sure. But apparently it is one. It is kind of recatapulted Taylor Lautner's career. <laughs> I'm serious. A donkey. A donkey sucked his wing wang. That's what it took to catapult him back up there.
1: (laughs) Uh, They tried the same thing with Tone Loke in Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and it didn't work.
0: (laughs) He was already too high. (laughs) The brightest stars burn out the fastest.
1: Oh, Tone Loke.
0: I feel like this movie was meant to be one of those kind of things where, like, if I watched a movie, a comedy, and Tone Loke was just, like, a background player, I would be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that's what this movie was trying to do with every single new reveal of the cast. Right. And it, of course, it wasn't shocking. Oh, like oh my God! Rob Schneider's in an Adam Sandler movie? Whoa, that's not shocking or cool in any way.
1: Yeah, I really like it when it goes the other way. Like, and I know that you're not a fan of Punch Drunk Love, but I'm a huge fan of Punch Drunk Love. I, think I can't it was
0: great. say that I am or am not. I haven't made it through the first fifteen <laughs> minutes. without so falling asleep.
1: Right. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I like it when it goes the other way. When really broad, silly. Over-the-top comedy actors play subtle roles in um, really interesting sort of indie films. That's great. Doesn't work the other way around. I mean, Luke Wilson was Richie Tenenbaum from the Royal Tenenbaums. I mean, he's been... He's
0: still com- he still has comedic roles, though, so it does work. It doesn't work in this instance because they had already pumped the movie full of, like, well, look at this surprise actor. Nobody's surprised by this.
1: No. 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 There was nothing surprising. There was nothing that happened that we didn't see coming ten minutes beforehand, and we were already bored with it by the time they showed it.
0: Yes. That effing
1: baseball scene. My God. that You get no forgiveness for that.
0: That was brutal. That's mean. I actually left to go get a <laughs> snack, and Josh paused it. I was like, no, no, no. Just keep keep it rolling. <laughs> Maybe by the time I get back in there, it'll be done. It wasn't. <laughs>
1: So I say it's a cash grab. What do you think, Rachel? Of course it is. Okay, definitely two.
0: Cash grab. here. And There just- is nothing artistic about this movie. No. There's nothing you can point to and be like, oh, well, that was good. Right. Everything is mediocre. The sound, the lighting, the camera work, the editing.
1: The special effects were the terrible. special
0: effects, yes. Let's just call them effects and remove the word special. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were special, all right. <laughs>
0: the writing, the acting, everything just smacked of mediocrity, and nobody cared.
1: No, nobody cared. And again, I think I think it was like Netflix cut them a check, and they were just like,
0: oh well, you can kind of do anything. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's exactly like this is the movie that makes me think like so. I mean, like, Netflix will do flipping anything. <laughs> so if you have a movie idea, don't light anything. Yeah, if you got a movie idea, go hit up the. <laughs> Probably elderly person who passes those through who's just really proud you've tried so hard.
1: Be on the lookout for Stephen King's lamp monster. <laughs>
0: <Come. laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> Alright, when can I have it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just terrible. I think that it earned every bit of that zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes that it got. Oh, it got a zero? It got a zero. Do you know, percent. if you get
0: a zero you get a special prize, just the same as if you get a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what? I think that's
1: pretty cool. Yeah because when you look at a film like this, they had every opportunity to be funny.
0: Mm-hmm. They had
1: it was it was a kind of interesting premise, and you got the whole old west, and there's all these things that you can point to. But at every single turn, this film said no. <laughs> you least, will be bored. You know, it's funny
0: and crazy. That movie came out right at the upslope of westerns popularity a couple of years ago. Sure, they were trying to cash in on that. Obviously, you had
1: Magnificent Seven. You had Tarantino movie. What was it? The Hateful Eight.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Django is yep. got definitely got Western overtones. Sure. And this movie was just like, yeah, I'm ca- cashing on that, but I don't want to try too hard <laughs> or at all. I'm not gonna memorize my lines either. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be eating a sandwich. <laughs> it also seemed like
1: nobody did two takes you know and it wasn't because
0: amateurs like you do two takes
1: they just couldn't be bothered yeah did we get it i think so all right let's move on
0: yeah this isn't like blank check where coca-cola was like no 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 we don't have money for two takes you get one this one everybody was just like well this ain't getting better
1: sweet callback
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this week's Cash Grab. We're sorry we let you down with Volcano. Mostly I'm sorry we let ourselves down. (laughs) Will we watch that movie again? Probably not. Maybe Dante's Peak. Stay tuned. We'll figure that out. (laughs) And thanks for listening.
1: Hey guys, you rock! I'm going to cut that. (laughs)